I want to talk about uh, prophets today, prophet watchers, because we all enjoy prophets and prophecies. I mean, we really do, because prophets are just they're so weird, man. And the stuff that they do is just so, ah, wow, did you see that? Uh, maybe not. Would you stand with me? We're going to read a brief passage from 1 John. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. I pray that you would anoint the things that I say, but even more importantly, anoint our hearts, anoint our ears, quicken us to life today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The world as we know it will end, and we know that it will end because the Bible tells us very plainly that it will end. I, was it last week that I put some of those verses up about that? Good, I was just seeing if anybody remembered last week. I thought it was a good sermon. Uh, while prophecy can be very complex and difficult, there are some things that are very plainly stated about prophecy. And one of these is that there will be false prophets that will come into the world. And these false prophets oftentimes they're kind of like a, a fake Gucci handbag. <laughs> and that they look really good. You cannot tell by looking at it whether this is real or whether it's, whether it's faux. And the second thing that you need to know is that they're, they're going to come along, they're going to be, uh, uh, you can't tell by looking at them, so I guess maybe this is the third thing you need to know, they are not harmless. It's not a matter of, oh, well, you know, there's false prophets out there. Yeah, well, that. No. Jesus said in Matthew, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. You ever seen a wolf pack go after uh, an animal? Man, that's, it, it could be a much bigger animal, but... A pack of wolves, now that's, that's, and Jesus said, they're ferocious wolves. Listen, what kind of person, false prophecy is an easy gig to get, and it's, it's, got a lot of, it's got a lot of benefits if all you're looking for is here and now, because false prophets are usually highly honored, highly respected, it's a nice paying gig, it doesn't work, you know, the work's not too hard. All you got to do is make up stuff and, and, and tell people. people. People are really eager to hear something about them. And, and if you want to be a false prophet, boy, I don't know if I should go here, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. If you want to be a false prophet, I can, I can, in one easy lesson, I can get you there. Get with a bunch of people that you don't know. Look at one and say something good about them something wonderful 
God has a, never mind. (laughs) So that's it. I mean, you just learn how to do it, but you don't want to go there because what kind of person has little enough of the fear of the Lord inside of them to come and bring their own words that they've not heard from God and take riches and acclaim by faking the word of the Lord. Someone who inside is a ferocious wolf. That's what Jesus said. Second Peter says, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. I want you to notice one word in particular here. Many. He doesn't say, and some people will be taken in. Some people might even believe what they have to say. He says many. A lot of people. Because when it comes to prophecy, we tend to like the prophet who says something that we like. When these prophets come, they tend to profit off of something new, a new revelation, a new twist, destructive heresy. Paul said to the Galatians in the first chapter, if anybody brings you a message, if anybody brings you a gospel other than the one that we brought, other than the one that you've already heard, let him be eternally condemned. And and that's, that's the nice way of saying what he really meant. Because what he really meant is, you know, let them go to hell. Because that's, that's, that's where they belong. That's where they're sending other people. This was serious stuff for him. Very serious. When it comes to destructive heresies, and, and I don't know, I, I, I wasn't necessarily going to go here, and I ended up going here in the first service, and, and so I'm, I'm going to go here again, and I'm probably going to go here several times because there's several places that it, that it touches. But in my lifetime, the most destructive heresy widespread that I've encountered or that I know about is, is the message that God wants everybody who really has faith in him to have a lot of money and be rich and get all the stuff that they want. Amen, anybody? I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, you know. <laughs> Should I close out here? Uh, and here's the thing. It's not that God, it's not that you can't be godly and rich at the same time. I, there are absolutely godly and rich people. But here's the thing. If your desire is to be rich, if that's the desire that you've got, that's totally ungodly. Completely ungodly. And in fact, the scripture says, if that's your desire, if that's what you want, you will pierce yourself with many thorny griefs. Word of God makes that very clear, that that's what will happen. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all of these other things get added unto you. But they're not what comes first. What is prophecy? Prophecy is simply... The word of the Lord. Now, the word prophecy kind of uh, has uh, echoes of 
times past and people in robes and stuff like that. But literally, it's just the prophet speaks for God. The prophet brings the word of the Lord. And, and in that sense, a teacher oftentimes will be uh, prophetic in their teaching. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, a pastor will most of the time be bringing the word of the Lord rather than bringing their own word. And it can be just any, any believer. In fact, it can be a donkey. It, it really doesn't even have to be a person. We get right down to it. If you, if you believe the scripture, what I was talking about earlier about, you know, if somebody is in a desperate situation and they're contemplating suicide, somebody who could call somebody, get in touch with somebody, let them into your life so that they can speak words of life into you. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord for some, for somebody to, you know, there may be, you may just, you may be just at church and you're looking at somebody and they look a little down or something. And maybe the Holy Spirit just says to you, you know, go over there and just tell them, just tell them that you love them. Tell them they're good looking. Tell them you're happy they're here. Tell them they smell good. You know, tell them (laughs) something. Yeah, that's God. And you go and speak that. That's the word of the Lord. That's, that's, that's coming into their lives. You know, we tend to think that prophecy's got to have a, a wagging finger with it, but it only does if it's like, you know you're good looking? You know, that's... <laughs> prophecy doesn't just concern the future. Any of you who've ever heard me teach about this, you know this, but let's cover it. Anyway, the past, oftentimes prophecy concerns the past. Sometimes they reveal what the past meant. Jeremiah, if you read the book of Jeremiah... Uh, Jeremiah prophesied during the time that Babylon came and destroyed Jerusalem. And during that time, Jeremiah was prophesying, bringing the word of the Lord. Everything he said came to pass. Bam, bam, bam. Came to pass. Um, Jerusalem's destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar leaves a few people in the land. Jeremiah is one of those people. And shortly thereafter, he puts a governor in the land. Shortly thereafter, uh, some guys rise up in rebellion. The governor is assassinated. And uh, then those guys are chased off. And the people come to, to Jeremiah and they go, what should we do? You know, should we, uh, should we stay here or should we run away? Because we're afraid that Nebuchadnezzar is going to be really upset with us because the governor got killed and he's going to come and, and, and wreak vengeance on us. Uh, go and ask the Lord, and whatever the Lord says, we'll do it. So Jeremiah went and asked the Lord, and he comes back to him and says, uh, you made a big mistake when you went and asked me to, to go find out what the Lord had to say and said you were going to obey it, because the Lord says, stay here, but I know you're in your hearts that you want to leave and go back to Egypt, which is what, in fact, they did. Now, that I kind of jumped ahead. They got to Egypt, and they began to offer sacrifices to the the heavenly host and the sun and the moon and all that uh, and, and the idols and Jeremiah rebuked them for it and they said well now wait just a minute you know when we were back in our our own land we did this part of the time as well and in fact we think things were probably better when we were doing that and Jeremiah said to them Jeremiah chapter 44 this is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says you saw the great disaster I brought on Jerusalem and on all the towns of Judah Today they lie deserted and in ruins because of the evil they have done. They provoked me to anger by burning incense and by worshiping other gods that neither they nor you nor their fathers ever knew. He brought the word of the Lord to go, let me explain to you what happened back there and why it happened. What what caused that? 
Psalm, I believe it's 106, let me see. Yeah, Psalm 106 is basically a recounting of how the Lord delivered and the people soon forgot. And then the Lord delivered and the people soon forgot. And then the Lord delivered and the people soon forgot. It, it's, a, it's a recounting of the things that the Lord had done and it's, it's the word of the Lord. And it's important for us to have that, that component of the word of the Lord. What, what did God do? What has he done? To remind us of who he is. So sometimes the prophetic is, is the past. Sometimes the, the prophetic is the present. And I've already given you one example because they came to Jeremiah to go, what is the word of the Lord for what we should do right now? And he came back and brought them the word of the Lord and said, this is what you should do. And of course they didn't obey it, which is frequently the case. When Hezekiah was king of, uh, of Judah and the Assyrian king Shennacherib came and surrounded the city, sent his commander and uh, demanded that they surrender, Hezekiah sent an emissary to the prophet Isaiah to say, what do you think about this? What, what should we do? The prophet Isaiah brought the word of the Lord. Do not be afraid of what you have heard. These words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me, listen, I'm going to put such a spirit in him that when he hears a certain report, he'll return to his own country and there I will have him cut down with the sword. And that's exactly what happened. Now, you can't be presumptuous because later on, similar situation with Jeremiah, Jeremiah said you need to surrender. But actually, in neither case did Isaiah or Jeremiah really say anything. The Lord brought the word in both of those cases as to what they should do. So sometimes the word of the Lord is for the present. In fact, most of the time, that's the way prophecy operates. And it's usually the word that we need the most. The prophet Haggai, and I... <laughs> You know, I hope that none of you are really zoning out because I'm using words like Shennacherib and Hezekiah and Haggai. I mean, you know, these guys, this could be Tom, Bill, and Joe, you know. The prophet Joe, also known as Haggai, in uh, <laughs> chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, he's talking to the people. He said, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. Now, I, I don't know that anybody came to, uh, to Haggai to ask him, you know, about this, but he brought the word of the Lord for right now. This is what's going on right now, and let me tell you why it's going on. And this is how you can fix it. This is what you need to do. And so the word of the Lord, prophetic word of the Lord, concerns the past, concerns the present. The future is the one that we tend to be the most excited about, excited about hearing, wanting to know about. Uh, but, very, but it's also, that's the hardest to understand. You know, when the word of the Lord comes and explains the past, that's usually pretty clear. And when the word of the Lord comes and says, this is what's happening right now, that's usually pretty clear. This, the future is where it gets where it gets interesting. Uh, just very quickly, three examples. God talking to Abraham in Genesis 15. Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. 
and they will be enslaved and mistreated 400 years, but I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. And that's exactly what happened. And you may wonder, why do I read this to you when I've already got it up here? I'm doing that because you won't read it. And, and we don't read the Bible enough anyway, so I use a lot of Scripture and put it up and read a lot of Scripture. Paul told Timothy, do not forsake the public reading of the Word. So this is what's going on here. Um, yeah, Isaiah 53 pulled virtually any verse out of there. Let's pull this one out. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. I wonder what I just did. Ah. 700 years before Christ came, Isaiah prophesied that he was going to go to the cross. And this prophecy is still working because it says, by his wounds we are healed. And many here can testify to physical healing emotional healing certainly spiritual healing one more i've got the the reference here wrong it's not first thessalonians 5 it's first thessalonians 4 but first thessalonians 4 16 through 17 for the lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of god and the dead in christ will rise first after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Amen. Does anybody know what verse 18 says? You guys are a lot sharper than the first service was. Yeah, I don't know who it is. But yeah, the next verse says, Therefore comfort one another with these words. And you know what? When you say these words to somebody else, you know what you're doing? You're bringing the word of the Lord. A prophetic utterance you don't have to have made it up for it to be a prophetic utterance you know it's the word of the Lord when you're when you're bringing the word of the Lord that's a good one I will talk about that one more next week because is next week the rapture thing okay glad oh yeah the, I just announced the rapture will be next week <laughs> All right. No, I didn't. I was asking what the topic of the sermon is next week. It's in the... Well, never mind. <laughs> okay, where were we? Uh, oh, we were in the future. What makes prophecy so hard to interpret? A number of things, but I think there are two major things especially when it comes to uh, future prophecy. What makes um, future prophecy? This first one is what makes future prophecy so hard to interpret. The second one's going to be what makes all prophecy hard to interpret. But uh, first one is a, is a thing called multiple fulfillments. Because sometimes when a, when a passage is talking about the future, it's talking about more than one thing. It's talking about several things at once. And there are a number of passages in the scripture that are that way a uh, very simple one is when uh, Nathan came to David and told him that his son would build a temple for the Lord and he was talking about Solomon but he was also talking about the Christ 
who would come and build a temple not made with human hands. But I want to I want to look at a, at a different passage, one that's really uh, one that's really a doozy. Uh, Isaiah is speaking in this passage to Ahaz, king of Judah. Uh, those of you who don't know, shortly after Solomon died, uh, the nation of Israel split in two. The northern kingdom was called Israel, and the southern kingdom was called Judah. And Ahaz was one of the kings of Judah, and he was concerned about the king of the northern kingdom, uh, a guy named Pekah, which is a really weird name for a king, uh, or for anything, actually. Uh, but a guy named Pekah. Nobody here is named Pekah, are they? <laughs> you know, you just never know. You, sometimes you're just up here and you're talking and you say something just really stupid. And, and somebody's going to come up to me afterwards because I know some of y'all. And you're going to go, well, not my, but my, my, my uncle, the one who's real sick, he's Uncle Pekah. Would you think? You people. King of Israel. And Ahaz is scared of him, and, and Rezin, the king of, that's another one, Rezin of Aram. Anyway, uh, and, he's, and he's wanting to, uh, he's actually wanting to make an alliance with Assyria to pr defend him against this, and, and Isaiah's trying to cut him off at the path. So he goes, you know, hey, no, the Lord's going to take care of this. Uh, in fact, to prove it, ask the Lord for a sign, and and Ahaz goes, no, no I'm not, I'm not going to tempt the Lord by asking for a sign. Well, actually, he just, he just didn't want the Lord to give a sign because he'd already decided what he was going to do. Does that sound familiar? What should I do, preacher? Well, what have you already decided to do? And uh, after he says that he won't ask for a sign, Isaiah says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Sound familiar? He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. Whoa. Where did that come from? It's because there's a lot of stuff going on in this passage here. It's not just one simple thing. That, the, that word virgin actually can biologically mean, it can have the biological meaning of, of a virgin, but it also uh, can just simply mean a young, a young woman, a young girl. And so to Ahaz, what this passage is saying is that a child that's born right now, before that child gets old enough to be the age of accountability, which I, I guess... Uh, uh, Jewish uh, boys generally bar mitzvah at 13, is that right? So, you know, within 13 years, you know, these two countries won't even exist anymore. And about 11 years after this prophecy, those two countries didn't exist anymore. So that was the word for Ahaz. Well, we know that there's also something else here, don't we? We know it because Matthew tells us. Over in Matthew 1, 22 and 23, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So there was also a prophecy concerning the coming of Christ and a miraculous birth that was going to take place there. 
And it was all contained in that, in that one passage. Now, you know, if, you don't, if you're just reading it, when you're reading prophetic words about the future, yeah, it's kind of hard. It, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's like a third grader looking at quadratic equations and things. It, it doesn't, it's not what it necessarily looks like to us. Why even try if it's going to be so inscrutable? God gives understanding. God gives understanding. That's what it is. How many of you know what the phrase, what this phrase means? Don't make me know, never mind. How many of you know what that phrase means? We'll see how many are Yankees and how many are true Southerners here. <laughs> what does it mean? Don't, don't care. How do you know that? <laughs> I mean, if you've never heard that before, I defy you to look at the sentence, don't make me know, never mind, and get it to mean anything. You don't know that because you could figure it out. You know that because you just know it. You've grown up with it. You know it. You know what it means. You know the way people say it. You know, they don't say, don't make me. No, never mind. No, no they say, they say, don't make me. No, never mind. You know, in fact, they, they kind of say it as one word. What, what it kind of amounts to. When you read the Word of God, it just begins to open up to you. There are things that just begin to open up to you. God begins to give insight. He, he begins to give wisdom to you. Uh, how does it happen? I, how does salvation happen? I, you know, these things are beyond me. I just know that they happen. The second thing, though, the one that makes prophecy difficult for us to understand is, uh, is our own hard hearts. <laughs> Do you realize that when I quoted the prophet Haggai, he was talking about tithing and giving to the Lord, and you realize that not only was that a word for them then, that's a word for us now, but that a lot of people would hear that and go, ain't for me. Jesus was asked why he spoke in parables. And he said, and them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They, they hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn. I would heal them. The Bible makes it clear over and over and over that people can look directly at prophecy and its, and its fulfillment and they still don't see it. They still don't get it just because our hearts are hard and 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 i'm not preaching to you I'm, I'm a person too i'm preaching to us we we want to believe 
the prophets that we want to believe. We want to believe what we, what we like. We don't want to believe what we don't like or we tend to just let it slide. But we should always be aware of this tendency that we have, every one of us, in our hearts. Now, let, me, let me very quickly go through these last points. How do you, this is important. How do you spot a false prophet? I mean, these are the last days. The, the Bible's made it clear that they're going to be here. How do you know? Who they are, if you can't look at them and tell. First of all, if the prophet encourages you to follow other gods, then he or she is false. Now that may sound pretty simple. Let, let, me, give you, let me give you a scripture for it here. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3. If a prophet or one who foretells by dreams appears among you and announces to you a miraculous sign or wonder, and if the sign or wonder of which he has spoken takes place, and he says, let's, let's follow other gods, God's you have not known and let us worship them you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer the Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul so in other words the false prophet may say something that actually happens that is predicted accurately um, my pastor at the Lord's Chapel brother Moore I play golf with him and he was man that guy could putt I mean, he, he was terrific at putting. But uh, I don't know if I, if I heard him say it once. I heard him say it 500 times on the golf course, which will let you know how often he played golf and, and uh, uh, how good a putter he was. He'd, say, he'd always say, blind hog finds an acorn every now and then. A false prophet makes a correct prediction every now and then. Just make a bunch of predictions and something's going to happen. And, and in fact, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you want this false prophet job and you come along and you're prophesying something to somebody that's really good about them prophesy a bunch of stuff because if any of it happens then they will go you're a prophet you know even though a whole bunch of it didn't happen so you know a false prophet can say something that'll come to pass here's the key is this drawing me away from God is this drawing me away from the Lord mentioned earlier about uh, uh, I call it the hyper prosperity message I mean I'm, I'm not not against prosperity I'm all for prosperity that's great but the, the hyper prosperity message the the first time I ever encountered that this was this would have been 1975 and I went to uh, I went I guess it was a seminar I don't know if it was a seminar service something uh, I went and this guy was teaching and Telling us, you know, how he got his Lincoln or something. I don't know what he had. And I'm not talking about the president. I'm talking about the car, you know, and, and, and some other stuff. And, and I was, you know, and he was quoting a lot of scripture. And I was sitting there kind of going, well, you know, I, I know a lot of these people, and this has this got to be right. And I left thinking, uh, initially I left going, wow. You know, this is, this is eye-opening here. Wow, I, I, I begin to think about some cars I might want. You know, begin to think about some stuff that I would like to have. You know, maybe a piece of property over there. You know, a bunch of different things. And then before I got home, though, something inside of me stopped and went, wait. Is that what you're supposed to be thinking about when you leave a worship service? Is that where your heart's supposed to be? Uh, and I went, well, well, no, I, I think I'm supposed to be thinking about Jesus. 
I think I'm supposed to be focused on, on the Lord. And so, you know, it's not like the false prophet's going to come along and prophesy something and go, hey, let's all go become Muslims, you know, or something like that. It's subtle. It's subtle. Many will follow their destructive heresies. Uh, second way you can recognize a false prophet is the prophet claims an authority source other than the Lord. He or she is false. Deuteronomy 18.20, if a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, must be put to death. We obviously don't have the authority to put them to death, but if the source is not the Lord, then we must not follow those words. Say, well, how do you know if it's the Lord or not? Listen. Listen. You know, and I'm going to give you the, the real key here in just, in, just a, in just a couple of minutes, but oftentimes, you know, all you got to do is listen close enough and don't just listen to what they're prophesying. Listen to why they're, what they're basing it on, why, why they, they think this, where that has come from. Third thing, if what the prophet proclaims does not come to pass, he or she has not spoken for the Lord. Deuteronomy 18.22, if what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken, that prophet has spoken presumptuously, do not be afraid of him. Um, and I'm sure that virtually everybody out there is kind of looking at that and going, duh, yeah, but listen. Okay, two things. One, I mean, obviously the, the reverse isn't true. Just because something came to pass does not necessarily mean that the person was from the Lord. But if it doesn't come to pass, they're clearly not from the Lord. It's been a while since we've had a lot of public prophetic goings-on here. But I can't say that won't happen again. And, you know, because that, that can be very legit. It can be absolutely legit. But I've just been in so many situations, so many church services, not necessarily here, but bunch of places where people get up and they prophesy this and they prophesy that and it doesn't ever happen and everybody comes back next year and they prophesy some more stuff and nobody ever goes wait a minute that didn't happen what you said last time and the word says if it doesn't you're not speaking from the lord if write it down put you know put it in your 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 iPhone or something. Make a, 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 write it down. Check it out. That's important to do. Now, I will say one other thing about that, though. There are times when the word is conditional, such as with Jonah and, and Nineveh. Because Jonah came prophesied to Nineveh 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. It wasn't. Why? Because there was Repentance. Repentance and a, and a total change of heart. So never underestimate the power of prayer and the power of repentance when the word of the Lord comes. But when there's not a, an asterisk out there or there hasn't been real change and real repentance take place, if it doesn't happen, it wasn't God. Now, last thing here. The ultimate test of a prophet is whether or not the prophet's utterances line up with the Bible. That's a silly-looking guy, isn't he? I mean, that's just kind of a goofy-looking guy. You know what? 
none of you look that silly. And I intentionally chose him. He is my chosen servant for this, for this illustration. Because I want you to know, you don't have to go to school to learn to read the Bible. I mean, if you can read uh, one of the modern languages, it, the only reason you have to go to school to learn to read the Bible is if you want to read it in the original languages. God will, God will speak to you. He will, he will pour wisdom and knowledge into you. You may go, well, I don't, you know, I, don't, I, I have trouble understanding about what? Don't you understand about I shall have no other gods before me? What's hard to understand about do not commit adultery? What, what's, what's hard to understand uh, about everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved? I mean, does anybody need explanation for any of that? Here's the deal. 95, 98% of the Bible, you have no trouble understanding whatsoever. And yet, people will allow the enemy to let them use that excuse that because there's 2% there that I can't figure out. I just, no, that, that's beyond me. Of course it's beyond you. It's beyond every human being. But it's not beyond him, and the Holy Spirit inhabits you. And he will instruct you. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. But you've got to spend some time there. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. A stranger's voice they will not listen to. They will not follow. The real protection against false prophets and false teachers is to learn what his voice sounds like. Because sometimes you might not be able to go through all the checklists, but you know what it feels like. My dad passed away four and a half years ago. And were I right now to hear him say, Ronnie Allen, I would know it's him. And nobody could fake it. Nobody could fake it. Because I listened to it for years. I heard it time and time and time again. And I know it. I know his voice. That's why it's important to spend time in the Word. Daily, learn his voice. Learn what he feels like. Learn what, what, he, what his presence feels like, what he sounds like. He'll protect you. You won't follow strangers. Would you stand with me? Would those who are going to pray with people come forward? And if you're here and you need prayer, you may need a word from the Lord. It's available. Just because there are false prophets doesn't mean there's not prophecy. In fact, there are real prophets because the Scripture says that there are. You may need a word from the Lord. You may, just, you may need a healing touch. By His stripes we are healed. You may need guidance. You may need direction. You may need resource, whatever you need.
I encourage you, I, I, in, a, in a room this size, there's got to be people who need stuff. Uh, you can try to get it yourself, you can ask him for it. A man can only receive that which is given to him from above. We're going to worship for a few moments, and if, you'll, uh, if you don't need to come forward, worship with us. Create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can, can move. But if you need to come forward, come, because his supply is not limited. I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, Lord forgive me. And I have believed in a lie that you were unable to help me. But now, Oh, Lord. 
are highly exalted. There is nothing you can't do. Oh, Lord, my eyes are on you. Be magnified. Oh, Lord, be magnified. Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his son into the world who brought truth into the world may that truth be the foundation of your life may you not be distracted from it may you not be deceived from it may you walk in it and be strong in it through Jesus Christ our Lord amen